Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Fabulous new inventory, the best. Maybe pre-owned inventory fits the bill. Well, they have a great selection of pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. So how did the game go last night? I thought it went pretty well from a broadcast standpoint, but uh, me good first quarter. They led by two. They had Danville a little bit of a sloppy start, but then things kind of went downward after that. They got outscored 23-2 to in the second quarter and Ooh. just didn't really work from there. Yeah. Ooh. Uh. But Chickalemi was missing one of their second-leading scorer, and yeah. Danville's obviously one of the best teams in the area right now. So the outcome was kind of no surprise, I guess. But the first quarter, Chickalemi had them on their heels for a second, but then second quarter, boom, Danville took over. And I'm, I'm going to guess Dave Ritchie went over the Chief and said hi to you. Actually, no, because where I was for the TV broadcast, I was on the opposite end from where they were. They were, like, way in the left-hand corner of the gym, and I was down on the floor on the, on the opposite side. So I didn't get a chance to see them last night. I mean, my understanding is that, that he did say – Dave did say hi to somebody last night. Oh, yeah, and he's guess, always talking to people. I did see yeah, – I did observe from my spot. But, but I guess that's the last time he talked all night. All right, so um, <laughs> man, it's really hard when you've got that alpha dog that you work with. <laughs> Who are you talking about? I was with my people. I went to try to listen on the rest of the way home, but I think they were off the air by then, so couldn't give my own observations on that. I got to go home. Oh, we all needed to last night anyway with the snow coming. But luckily it got done as it was starting. So, Was it Phil Rizzuto when he's doing the Yankees game? He he, um, <laughs> he leaves sometimes in the seventh inning. Well, that's he's no done. surprise. Yeah, it's like post-game show. Oh, I forgot it. Got to go home. <laughs> <laughs> Had a big day, almost, had a huge day, almost had a sale. All right, so. <laughs> no? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, well, that's our guy. Dave Ritchie talks to everybody because that's the only chance he gets to talk during the game. <laughs> Dave, I love you. You're the greatest. You are the greatest. He is. Dave Ritchie is an awesome guy. All right. 
So, uh, Andrew Brandt's going to join us today, uh, Monday Morning Quarterback SI.com. So, we're going to have that on today. I'm also going to talk with one of the uh, writers that covers Nebraska basketball since that's next for Penn State. But it's, it's, it's more than just that. It's, it's Fred Hoiberg has had a lot of medical issues in his lifetime, a couple of open heart surgeries. He's got a pacemaker. I mean, these are all things you wouldn't realize because Fred, Fred Hoiberg was a fabulous, was just a good NBA player, and then everybody knows about him as a coach. I don't think people realize all the medical issues he's had. Then he got COVID. And it was one of those, he's laying in bed and his chest hurts. Well, you've had two open heart surgeries in your lifetime. And your chest starts to hurt. You start to get scared as to what's going on. So we're going to talk to him about that. Then tomorrow, Joe Lenardi is going to be on the show. Get a little bracketology. Uh, right now, we're slightly more than four weeks out from Selection Sunday. And Valentine's Day is coming up. Figure I'd save that for, I don't have to remind you. But the guy in the corner office needs a little reminding. Uh, no, I just accept the gifts. Uh, but March 14th is Selection Sunday. So it's exactly four weeks on Sunday. So we'll talk to Joe Lenardi about what he has at this point in what is going to be a most unusual year for bracketing and we talked about this is when we get uh, Tony Knopp on the show because we talked about um, the Super Bowl dropping off 18 million viewers in six years okay now 96.4 million between and this includes streaming when I give you 96.4 that includes the streaming number so it's 5.7 million streaming and 91, 90.7 million on TV. That's still an 18 million drop in six years. I'm sorry, you cannot discount that. You can't, okay? And the drop is in the 18 to 34 range. Even with fantasy football these days, and again, remember, fantasy football doesn't add up on, on the Super Bowl. Okay. Fantasy football does not add up in the Super Bowl. I mean, you do fantasy football, right? When the season ends, the season ends, right? Yes, exactly. The week 16 and 17 are um, are the playoffs. Okay. And 14-15, too. That means the Super Bowl, there's nobody engaged in fantasy football that has anything points-wise to deal with the Super Bowl. Well, that's where a lot of 18 to 34s, 18 to 49s are occupying that space. And the NFL is is fighting like everybody else. They have more of the share than anybody else does. But the NBA Finals down 51%. Stanley Cup Final uh, and the NBA Finals competition and the NBA Finals at a different time of the year, but still down 51%. Stanley Cup Final down 40%. Masters in November down 48%. Uh, World Series was down 30%. You have not had the boom that some people thought sports might have when it came back 
in August. And now you've got the NCAA tournament, so I want to tie it to that. The NCAA tournament is facing a real possibility of no Duke. It's facing the real possibility of no Kentucky. It is facing a possibility of no Michigan State. Kansas is going to make it. But you are talking about three primary attractions, especially when it comes to Duke and Kentucky. Three primary uh, primary attractions that might not be there. And North Carolina is fighting to get in. Last bracket I saw, I had them playing on the on on the opening night in what normally would be the Dayton bracket as an 11 seed. But what if North Carolina is not in it? Now you have all these quote blue bloods that are attractive to the casual fan, not in the tournament. What's that? Even though the NCAA tournament hasn't been played in two years. You might see a drop there, too, because the casual fan, okay, no offense, can't identify with what an awesome season Drake's had. Drake's been great. Isn't Drake a singer? Okay, great. No. No. Isn't Drake in that commercial on State Farm with Jake from State Farm? Yes. Okay. But Drake's had a great year. They've lost once. I think Valpo's the only team to beat him. But they're not going to draw any eyeballs. They don't draw any eyeballs. Hey, uh, let's say Colgate's the survivor in the Patriot. They don't draw any eyeballs. Who cares what their record is? I mean, seriously, I mean, they don't care what their record is. Fans don't. Hey. The only exception might be Loyola Chicago, who's actually having a very good year, and they're ranked because of the... um... No. No. Okay? Maybe later in the tournament, maybe it becomes a story again, but no. Not not because of... I'm I'm forgetting the nun's name. Sister Jean. Yeah, Sister Jean. I thought that might be be something that if they were in again, it would stick maybe, but... It doesn't. It does It doesn't. Hey, it just doesn't. Okay, what I was there when Florida Gulf Coast beat Georgetown. Now nobody even knew Florida Gulf Coast had a team. I mean, there are people across the country who didn't even know Florida Gulf Coast was a university. If you were to ask the casual person, hey, what do you think of Florida Gulf Coast University? They'd say, Is that a community college? And I'm not joking when I say that. The lure was, oh, great, Georgetown. Hey, mighty Georgetown, you know, with Otto Porter playing Florida Gold Coast. Now, I was at the game. And all of a sudden, the game's going, and Georgetown falls a little behind, and they can't get going, and they can't get going, and Florida Gold Coast is hitting shots and hitting more shots. And now the people, now you're drawn in. Going into it, you had no idea who Florida Gulf Coast was. Going in a couple of years ago, you had no idea who Loyola Chicago was. Just because Loyola Chicago has, quote, been there before doesn't mean they have a following. They don't. 
North Carolina has a following. Duke has a following. Kentucky has a following. And by the way, it works both ways. Okay? I'm going to watch the Kentucky game because I'm rooting for them to lose. I love when Kentucky loses. You're a Tennessee fan. You're rooting for Kentucky to lose. Okay? You're somebody like, I don't like Duke. They always win. I'm going to watch the game. I'm going to hope they lose. That is a factor as well in all of this. Suddenly you've got a first-round game where it's Drake against Loyola Chicago. You watching that game? You going to watch that game? Or are you going to watch Ohio State play its opener? Or Michigan play its opener? Going to watch that one instead? You know Ohio State and Michigan are. That's what I'm saying. The NCAA basketball tournament, you might see a ratings downturn for that, even though it hasn't been there for two years, because there are certain franchises that attract the casual fan, pro and con, that might not be there. In fact, probably won't be there. Oh, it's great to have new blood. Fans don't care about the new blood unless they, you know. Hey, you need to have in these tournaments the backbone of it. The backbone. Now, it doesn't matter if the backbone loses. It doesn't. In fact, Georgetown would not, well, Georgetown would not be a backbone team. But Georgetown is a name. And you're what? I can't believe the name's not winning. The name's not winning. Hey, this is getting fun. Hey, hey, all right. It's getting fun. Florida Golf Club. You know what I mean? Florida Gulf Coast has not the community college. Which one have you heard of beforehand? Neither. We're, I mean, here's one for you. Anybody know where Drake is? Yeah, I got nothing. Des Moines, Iowa. And, and the the only thing about the Drake story that is, um, that is uh, tough for me is. My old friend, Larry Cutler, was the play-by-play voice of Drake. And he drowned in a flash flood a year ago. Thought the world of the guy. He was in a flash flood in Des Moines. And it's like, oh, I I see Drake doing well. I said, Larry would have loved this. But, yeah, that's what they are. I mean, when people don't even know, and I'm not saying this to insult you in any way, shape, or form. I'm just using it as an example. When you don't even know what state the team is in, you're going to watch them play basketball? Has anybody outside of Des Moines, has anybody watched Drake play this year? I mean, I keep picking on them, but they're a team that's, I don't know, what's their record, 17-1, 18-1? They lost to Valpo. That's the one loss they have. But when you have a bunch of people in there, that nobody's heard of or is trying to find is trying to google it to find out where they're from that doesn't lead to a to a rating casual fans are the difference between 
a really good rating and a mediocre rating. The diehard's always there. I mean, we can have a bunch of diehard hoops fans on right now. They can give you chapter and verse and where people are ranked offensively and defensively and efficiency and things like that. The diehard's always there. It's the casual fan that makes the difference. And if they haven't heard of you, they have no interest in watching you. We will come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKLK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way? The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, great to have you with us on the show today. Look, Drake's in the NCAA tournament. I don't see how one guy can beat another team. I just don't see it. I wonder if Drake is going to games in Tampa right now. I hope not. Because that's where... By the way, let's give the Raptors credit. The Raptors are going to play the rest of their season in Tampa instead of playing in Toronto. Now, look at the year Tampa's had. The Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. The Lightning won the Stanley Cup. The Rays got to the World Series. Yeah, maybe they'll catch some of that. Well, it wasn't like they didn't win two years ago. But as a Sixers fan, hopefully that doesn't happen. Oh, you'll be complaining about them in a month. (laughs) Carson Wentz is still an eagle. Somehow. (laughs) I'll tell you, I think Wilson, Rodgers, and Watson, none of them will be moved. Just my gut feeling doesn't make any sense to move them. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. You want a new vehicle? How about these product lines? Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. The best. Also a fabulous selection of pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. 
I mentioned yesterday how the Olympic opening ceremony is going to be live in the United States at 6.55 in the morning. Four and a half years ago... What a moment for these athletes. And now Germany, 425 athletes and fans and athletes voted on who would carry the flag. And that honour goes to Timo Boll. As Thomas Park, the IOC president, waves to the team as they enter the stadium. Timo Boll garnered about 300,000 votes, the majority of them anyway from the sport of table tennis at his fifth Olympic Games and he leads a 425 strong contingent into the stadium and of course one of the features of attention for Germany in these games will be Angelique Kerber what a year 2016 has already been for her the Australian Open champion a total of 547 people in the German delegation including the officials. And right and now this they're walking. Is a sight that we should get used to. The smiles on the faces of the athletes as years of preparation. They're not all in the stadium yet. All of a sudden arrive at they're this moment. They're walking. <laughs> also very strong in equestrian. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people watch that. Still walking. You are such a party pooper. <laughs> Still walking. <laughs> Mountains country in southwestern Europe between Spain and France, a population of good geography lesson. Fabulous. What I needed. Once again, I have a tea time set up for 7:15. With the option of bumping it up to 7 o'clock if needed. And after watching this replay, I'll be on the phone in a few moments. Angola. Angola. Great. Angola. Right. Angola. They've never won an Olympic medal, but they've sent a basketball team to every edition of the game since 1992. And got blown up by the U.S. in 92. Charles Barkley had 200 points against them. Thank you. All right. So. <laughs> Matches, we're the one carrying the flag. That's an honor. That's cool to see. I don't care what that's, you say. That, that's, that's great. There's still 160 countries to go. I'm only up to the A's. <laughs> okay. We lost enough listeners on that one. All right, so Chris Bastet now joins us uh, from the Lincoln Star Journal. Chris, welcome. Great to have you with us. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, Nebraska, since uh, coming back, they have not, I think defensively, Chris, I think they've actually played pretty well since coming back, but they can't score points. Why? <laughs> well, I, th- I think it's a lot of reasons. I, you're right on the defensive end. It, it hasn't been a lack of effort there. Uh, held three straight opponents under 40% shooting, but the, the ball just has not gone in the basket. And, you know, this was an issue before the team went on pause. They didn't have a lot of outside shooters. The guys they thought were going to make outside shots have struggled. And now they've come back, and it's just been it's just been worse. They 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 get impatient. They they get anxious that they see shots not going in. 
and it just compounds on itself. They start kind of driving out of control uh, into the paint, you know, throwing wild stuff up off the glass. The the ball movement yeah. stops. The player movement stops. You know, it just it, it it's kind of just one thing on top of another. I don't know if it's any one thing, but you just see, I think, the frustration and the anxiousness of not being able to make a shot. It, it just turns into a lot of impatience on the offensive end. But a guy since the return that's been pretty good, because I've watched Nebraska twice this week, uh, the guy that's been pretty good in, his, in the return is Lat May, and why? He's a guy that they recruited because he could shoot it, and he has shot it at a high level. Fred Hoiberg has raved about him, uh, even going back into the into the summer when the team first got together for workouts. He's a guy that 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 that's what he does. He's a he's a shooter, even at six nine. He's out there to make three point shots, and he's just a guy that is in the gym constantly. And it's funny because he was one of the last players on the team to to contract COVID nineteen, so he was one of the last guys to come back and get cleared and get back into shape. But the last three games, especially even going back to before. Before the break, he's just shot it at a really high level. They're doing a good job of getting him open shots. You've seen his confidence go up, and, and you know, as we all know, that's that's the biggest thing when you're a shooter. If you've got confidence, then you know the ball's going in. Right now, that man's just a really confident shooter. Is Teddy Allen this year's Cam Mack? <laughs> he might be. You know, it, Teddy certainly has a has a history uh, of things like that. Um, you, you hope for the best for Teddy because he did have a he's had a rough upbringing uh, as a child. He's bounced around a lot. He, he's really worked, I think, to to get his issues under control, and and he's really done a, a pretty good job for the most part. And we don't know what happened um, uh, while Nebraska was on its road trip recently up in Michigan State and right. Minnesota. So, you know, who knows what it was. But, again, I think a lot of it goes back to the frustration uh, of not winning games, of not making shots, and then maybe that just bubbled all over. So we'll see by the end of the year. But, but Teddy Allen's a guy that they need to be good if, if this team hopes to do anything. Yeah, Banton's the guy they run the offense through. I mean, you're talking about a six nine guy that essentially is playing point out there what do you think of him you know it's it's interesting because he's 6'9 but he has a really good feel for the game um he's struggled the last couple games like everybody on the team has with turnovers and and silly turnovers and again a lot of that just goes back to the offensive struggles but he's a guy that he's one of those kids that you know when he was younger uh was the point guard and then went through a growth spread i think he grew seven inches in one year between like his sophomore and junior years of high school so he just shot up all of a sudden you're a 6'9 guy that knows how to handle the ball and he struggles to shoot it from the outside but he can handle it he can dribble it he's a good passer he's He's good at reading what his teammates are doing. And he's just a fascinating player. He's a guy that if he could develop a jump shot would just be a really, really tough matchup for a lot of teams because of his size and length. But he struggles to shoot it from the outside, and, and teams have kind of started to figure that out, so, that, so they're taking away his driving lanes a little bit. Well, it's Anthony Davis, 6'2 point guard in Chicago, then had that growth spurt. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and AD could still handle the ball once he got taller. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right, and nobody's comparing Delano no, to, no, to Anthony no. Davis. But yes, that's that's exactly right. It's just a, he was a kid that was about you know five ten, six foot, and then by the next year he was six seven. So yeah, it's just it was just one of those crazy growth spurts he had. What about the two pit guys, uh, Shamil Stevenson and uh, also Trey McGowan's? How have they been? Trey McGowan's probably the best athlete on the team. Uh, certainly the most explosive athlete on the team. He's a guy that 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 belongs in the Big Ten just from an athletic standpoint. He can he's as athletic as anybody in the league. Um a guy that's a really good on ball defender. Uh a guy that is is hot and 
with the three-point shooting. You know, he's shooting about 40% this year, but he's also had some games where he's really struggled from the outside. So really just a really super athlete and a guy that, that you need in this league to guard opposing, you know, point guards or two guards or even or even small forwards. And then Shamil Stevenson, kind of the same way, a big-bodied guy, 6'6", 245. He'd be – Scott Frost would love to have him on the football team as a tight end. Yeah. You know, he, he kind of fits <laughs> that, that mold. But just a big, strong guy that can rebound, that can get to the paint, really good finisher. And we've seen him since this team came out of the shutdown. He's been a guy that's gotten a lot of minutes because he because he's played hard. He's been aggressive, and he hasn't been afraid to go out and, and get his shot and be physical. Uh, Fred Hoiberg has had in his lifetime not the greatest medical history. Now, it, unfortunate. I mean, he just just the way it is. Uh, I believe what he had an aortic problem when he was younger, and he's he's in. You know, last year, of course, we remember that the game against Indiana and Indianapolis, the last game that was played, he was hospitalized. It turned out it was the flu. Now he goes through COVID. He had it really tough. What's it been like for him? Yeah, I think it's I think it's been tar- been hard on him, and, and you can tell. You know, when we talked to him on the Zoom calls, he he just he sounds like a guy who's tired, and he looks like a guy who's tired, and and looks like a guy that's been. That's had a had a pretty tough fight, and he talked about that. You mentioned his history of heart troubles, and he said when he first came down with COVID, he woke up at two or three in the morning and his chest hurt. And when mm-hmm. when you've had you know two open heart surgeries and you've got a pacemaker, you, your mind can go to a pretty dark place pretty quick. Yeah. And I think it did for Fred. And he he admitted he was really scared about what was going to happen. So, you know, it's been tough. And it, it's one thing the you know the team's struggling; they're not winning games; they're struggling on offense. But then you, you have something like this happen, and it's it's kind of the classic, you know, it puts everything in perspective. And Fred's really had to – Fred's always been a guy that's focused on his health, but I think he's really had to even do that more so uh, these last several weeks. So it sounds like he's getting better. He's improving. But, it, you know, it's like a lot of people that, that come down with COVID. You just don't know how long the symptoms are going to last. And, and he's still – been really fatigued and all those things so you just hope for his sake he's able to kind of get past it and, and get back to, to a somewhat healthy life all right so tim miles had the program to a certain point you know he got him to the ncaa tournament once he was always in the neighborhood of being around 500 a lot of people seem to like him but the move was made to bring fred hoiberg in so where is the program right now where does he think it is I, it, you know, I, I think they're a ways away, and and part of it's where the program is at. Part of it is the league the program plays in. You know, we all know how good the Big Ten is this year, and I think Fred understood that it wasn't going to be easy to come in and, and try and rebuild this thing with just how deep and how talented the the Big Ten is. Do I think he expected to be 0 and 8 in his second season in the league with 25 straight league losses? Of course not. You know, no nobody expects that. But I think. You know, it's, it, and you hate to say this, you don't want to make excuses, but this is almost like another year zero for Fred because they completely, right. you know, turned over the roster again. Then, of course, you have COVID, your team's apart, you've got so many transfers that that need to spend time together and need to play and practice together. And you had the you had everybody at home during COVID. You bring them back. You you get some practices in. Then you go on pause for a month, and everybody's got a quarantine and they're apart for a, again. And now you're back and you can't practice because you're playing a game every other day. So it's just kind of been one 
one thing after the other, and then you look at next year, and Nebraska's got the number three recruiting class in the Big Ten. They're, they're bringing in their first five-star recruit. They're bringing in another top 100 kid out of California, and they're bringing in a, an elite shooter from the JUCO level. So I think the year three was kind of the year that everybody kind of pointed to as the one Nebraska would take a, a pretty big step forward, and it looks like that's even more the case right now. I think the hope is this year – Nebraska is able to kind of return a core of guys from this year's team. They obviously expect attrition and turnover every year in college basketball. But if you can keep this roster at least somewhat intact, mostly intact, so you're not bringing in seven, eight, nine new guys like they've done the first two years and then add that recruiting class to it, I think Fred feels like then he's got a he's got a squad that he can do something with and you can move forward because you'll finally have some continuity. So I think you just you take this year for what it is. You try and get out of it what you can and you try and improve and, and you get ready to, to try and make a, a big step in year three. When Penn State came back, they played four games in in a week, um, and you know, it, and I saw how it played out obviously firsthand. Nebraska is going to play Illinois coming up Friday night, and then it's off to State College. So it's going to be five games in nine days, five games in eight days. I mean, look, I know players want to play, but is there any concern about where the legs are? Because Nebraska, for the most part, plays at a rather frenetic pace. Yeah, I, I think there's been concern about that since they came back. And you look at the teams that they've played already, Michigan State, you know, Minnesota, who likes to push the tempo. You come yeah. home and you play Wisconsin, who wants to just grind you down. And, and like you said, then you've got Illinois coming in with, with all their great athletes. And then, and then you make the trip out to State College to, to play a good Penn State team. You know, there there is a lot of concern there. And and it's, it's coupled with the fact that they haven't been able to practice because you, you need to save their legs, but right. you also need to practice because you need to knock the rust off. You know, right. so they're just they're really stuck in a tough spot right now. So uh, we've seen Fred Hoiberg, I think, substitute a little more liberally, especially these last couple games. I think that's going to continue. You know, right now, I think they're just searching for anything that works as far as a lineup, it's searching for a lineup that can make shots on a consistent basis. You know, the the one thing is, like we talked about, the defense has been pretty good. You know, the, the effort's been pretty good on that side of the ball. They just haven't made shots. So. Right. You know, the legs are a concern, yes, but I think even more so is is the spirit and the attitude of this team. How how long can this keep going on? These struggles keep going on before, you know, guys start start struggling with that part of it. So we'll see. You know, like you said, players love to play. Um, all these guys grew up playing AAU ball, playing three games in a day or whatever. <laughs> Obviously, this is a little different than that, but guys want to play, and that's what the players have said. So you hope they can keep the, the attitude up and the spirit up, and you hope, if you're Fred Hoiberg, that, that the guys can keep their legs just as long as they can. Chris, absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Really appreciate the time. Chris Baznett, Linking Star Journal. And Herzegovina. Well, there are people that have been overcome by the occasion. Tears of joy, tears of delight. This is Bosnia-Herzegovina, 800-meter specialist, Tamil Tuka, carrying the flag. He became his country's first athlete to reach the podium in the Athletics World Championships last year. He wants to become his nation's first Olympic medalist. Well, they all look at Capital City, Sarajevo, hosted the 1984 Winter Olympic Games. Botswana. Ah, Botswana. Here we go being led in by a bicycle a particularly proud southern african nation and a particularly proud nigel amos the man who carries Botswana's flag north champion record holder all right we'll come come back with more in a moment on news radio 1070 wklk 
the world's second largest country by total area. Canada, of course, hosted the Games in Montreal in 1976. We've been doing the show now. The flag carried by Rosie McLennan, the the 27 year old who won trampoline gold in London. In fact, it was Canada's only gold medal four years ago. Take what you can get. Well, they've got a couple of world champions in their ranks. Uh, the likes of high jumper Derek Druin, Paul Volta, Sean Sibaba. A lot of red. Yes, and they're competing. Yes, they are. That's the whole purpose of it. That's the purpose of it. 27 of the 28 sports. And here they come. Qatar. Oh, oh. Qatar. Who have in their ranks 2011 and 2015 Dakar Rally champion. Yeah, okay. That's where we are. I was waiting for Cameroon. Uh, it's, look, I, 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 I cut my tea time, moved up to seven. I, I just like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you. Kazakhstan. 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 Six games as an independent nation. Ruslan Sharfarov. And as they're doing the ceremony, they're being invaded. No, I was just kidding. All right, so. (laughs) Yeah, this has been great so far. You watch this? I do, yes. More of those seeds going into the mirror towers. On the dance too, too. Part of the athletes' forest in the radical park in Diodoro, suburb of Rio de Janeiro. The Cayman Islands, and here come both their participants. All right, it's just. (laughs) What are we doing here? (laughs) Like when the games start, there's actual competition. You know. Hey, uh, I gotta admit, the Cayman Islands group in Rio 2016. They're fun. <laughs> hey, this is uh, C-A-R. African Republic. Central African Republic. Republic. Nice tan sport coach. Well, this is Central African Republic's milestone 10th Olympic Games. They've won no medals. Gabriel Mboa having become their first Olympian who, when he competed in the 5,000 meter at the 1968 Games. Uh-oh, Chad. Okay. Chad. Another Olympic powerhouse. Shaji. Chad, sprinter Kaltuma and Gina, the country's only three-time Olympian. But Ali Tair, Dibiro. They have four... Four people in the contingent. Actually, you know what? Come to think of it, because of COVID, I wonder if they'll be doing this a little differently. Maybe they'll eliminate it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, I just thought we'd have fun with it on the show today. 
They've won a total of 13 medals, including two golds, both of which were won by tennis player and Nicholas Massou in Athens in 2004. See Marty Fish in the final of the men's singles, coming from two sets to one down, and he also won gold in the men's doubles with Fernando Gonzalez. Marty Fish fan.